What's up, everybody? Welcome to Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for, what is it, Friday, April 9th, 2021. Um, all seems well with the world. All seems peaceful right now. We have not just suffered a nuclear holocaust of any kind, so that's a good thing. And um, I'm here with my co-host, Mike, who lives in the green and lush state of Washington. How are you doing, Mike? Wasn't that a I'm bizarre open? That was a bizarre opening, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was uh, pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, but... Especially if we do get bombed out, yeah. of, out of out of the history books, and someone obtains this podcast, and like they obtain this podcast, and they're listening to it in a bunker. He pre knew about the attack and did nothing. So, um, yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh, uh, actually, fine is. Uh, not putting it the right way. I'm actually doing quite good today. Uh, I traded in some of my movies to a local record shop and got a good amount of cash in return, 85 bucks. And then I got a couple titles that I've been looking for for cheap at a local thrift store mm-hmm. and uh, got a haircut. And uh, yeah, so things are pretty good. Uh, um, I would say... The most drama I've dealt with this week is something that happened at work. Uh, apparently, some guest went online and or went to a manager and filed a complaint. And then one of the managers took me aside after I was done with my shift. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, earlier this week. And told me about things, but didn't really give me that much detail. Just said that the guest uh accused me of saying that i told her that it wasn't my department when they asked for assistance to get something off a shelf i was very insulted and very uh uh understandably pissed off that uh my manager would even think for a second that i would say something like that to a guest uh this is an instance of a guest just flat out lying i never said it's not my department. Did you even encounter this person? Uh, I don't know the full details, but I, I am assuming that it's the guest that I let them know that I was assigned to the register and I couldn't go and get something from Fine Arts for them. So I sent them to Fine Arts and told them to wait for somebody to come meet you down there. And they'll get the item for you. Oh, and all, all they are all they heard was you saying that's not my in their in their crazy mind. They're just, yeah, apparently. Oh, he's just but the thing blowing is, me off. Yeah, but the thing is, from what I saw from this guest, it didn't even seem like the guest was upset. The guest was just like, "Oh, okay," and then went down to fine arts. Passive aggressive so, motherfucker. Apparently. Um, and I, I was just like, I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, I was, I was honestly a little livid because of the whole, like, it's not my department. Like, it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. I would never say that. Like, who says that shit? Who works at customer service? Oh, I know. Like, that's... Honestly, though, like, I've been treated so poorly at some stores that I just think to myself, like, man, if I acted this way... I would get like my ass kicked like physically. Yeah. Like if I had the attitude that some of these people uh, at the registers or like on the floor have uh-huh. sometimes I'm like, dude, I could never get away with that. Yeah. And here- well, also, at the other, you know, I don't 
have really that much of an attitude. Maybe it might come across that way because of my personality or I might be tired or going through something. But uh, honestly, that's not the kind of person I am. And at the same time, I would never say it's not my department. That's 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 like one of the main things you're not supposed to do <laughs> as someone who's working in customer service. And so and it also uh, pushes one of my buttons, one of my major buttons, people making assumptions about me that are complete bullshit so that's that's the other thing that stuck with me that day because i'm like who the fuck do you think you are to try to lie and and make up that kind of shit and say that i said something like that when i was just doing my job what do you expect me to do drop uh my post at the register and go get your item and fine arts and leave the registers completely empty and having no one there to help guests check out items i think it's funny that you think you're that special i think it's funny (laughs) that a chain corporate uh retail store has a section called fine arts like you're in some boutique like art dealership all of a sudden it's like no you're you're at a michael's craft store well i mean we do have some fine art supplies so like what is a what is a fine art supply what would what would be it's like paints you know, paints, pastels, brushes. I mean, you know, know, technically Walmart would have a fine art supply then because they have. That. Yeah, but not necessarily the same uh, kind of uh, quality mm. in terms of we, we sell uh, more uh, fancier brand names as well as our own brand. I just had a but brilliant yeah, I mean, idea. I just thought that was that, that was just. Yeah, dumb. having people. Lo- that was like the first time that was the first time that I've had a complaint like that. And I, I spoke to my new manager about it over the phone, and she seemed to act like it really wasn't that big of a deal. Because even she was like, yeah, sometimes people just assume and make stuff up that isn't even really how it is. As long as you did what you were told to do and, and trained to do, I, I don't really see a problem. Yeah, I mean... She was just like, I just had to have uh, the other manager tell you about it and have a little talk because that's just how it is. You know, it's procedure. Right. I wasn't even written up or anything because I didn't even sign a piece of paper. I, I think I got uh, formally written up like twice at CVS. One time was for um, getting on the intercom when I thought everyone was out of the store. And I said, um, forget the person's name. I think it was Neil. I was like, Neil, can you please come to the front of the store, please? Oh, I s- yeah. Said it, you know. yeah. And uh, John, the pharmacist, heard me say it, and he complained to our store manager, Felipe, and uh, I got written up for that. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why. But Felipe lied and as to not throw John under the bus, and he said a, a, a customer heard it. And I know for a fact, because there's no customers in the store, so I know John, the pharmacist, ratted me out. And well, if there's no customers in the store, like, what is even the point of anyone john well because neil you out. uh i don't i think john thought it was the other cashier who he didn't like and so i think he was trying to get him in trouble and uh, if he had uh, known uh, since i was doing an, an indian accent it you know it was harder to tell like who yeah. who said it um but i think if he knew it was me then um, but nowadays i think you would get written up period no matter oh what. yeah it would be considered like racist or something probably yeah. like uh, e- even though it's just like an accent that I think is fun to do, I don't. I'm not trying to like be offensive towards Indian people yeah, or anything. But you know, I mean, that's like doing a <laughs> British accent. You know, I mean, is that racist? You know, I mean, it's just just cancel culture is just getting out of fucking hand, man. But that's a different story that we won't get into because I'm learning. 
Mike is um, <laughs> teaching me the ways of of uh, censorship. Uh, Got as... him on a leash, and every time I think he's he's going uh, in that direction, I just pull it back. Mike, why'd you have to make this, this sexual? Like... <laughs> um. So I was but, at I was at my uh, I get you talking about drama you experienced this week. Uh, my, some of my only drama happened on at my Monday gig while I was hosting karaoke. Um, this guy comes up and he's got on like these kind of saggy cargo shorts, uh, flip flops, um, and this like douchey looking button down, like almost white denim jacket and they're unbuttoned and you know the the guy's in pretty good shape i'll give that to him and so like you can see his like bare like abdomen like you know okay and 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 well at least he's in good shape at least he's not one of those you know overweight guys with the if you're overweight and doing that and you just you just stomach you're just gross if you're in shape and you do that you're a douche there's really no (laughs) way for a guy to oh like the guys who run uh, outside with their shirt off now, that's not douchey to me. That's just a matter of keeping cool. That's a matter of you don't well, want to... what if it's not really that hot outside and you're just going around with your shirt Well, on? when you start running, it gets hot. Even you, yeah. It can be in 32-degree weather. I don't know what that would be. In, oh, that would be zero degree Celsius for you Canadians and Australians out there. If Even if you're running in that weather, if you run long enough, you will get hot. I mean, your, your body is, yeah. you know, firing up. But anyway... Um, the coup de gras of this of this man's appearance. There's two aspects. The first one was, he, you know, those monks. How monks have their hair haircut? It's like basically a bowl cut around their entire head. Uh huh. Yeah. He had that, but on the top of his head, he had one really long dreadlock that like went down to his ass, and it wasn't like. A braid. It was like a Rastafarian style dreadlock, where it's just these this clumps of hair forming this one long hair strand. So he's got this monk haircut with this long singular dreadlock coming out of his head, and of course he's wearing sunglasses. I don't know what scene this guy is a part of. He almost looks like a beach rat but not yeah. quite because the haircut so it's just the rat tail from hell i don't know what he was and and then the <laughs> second coup de gras of this man's appearance you might remember me mentioning the saggy cargo jeans well uh-huh. they would sag so bad that you would see his ass like a good not it's more more than the crack <laughs> but not quite halfway down and this dude was wearing I want to call it a jock strap, but the the elastic part around the waist was like frilly. There was like frilly design, so it almost huh. looked like a woman's thong. And uh, he he proudly let that thing hang out, man. Like, and it was he was just so like sweaty and greasy and like so gross. And I thought to myself, man. This guy is going to give me a problem because anytime I go to a gig and someone is dressed in a really extreme manner, all that says to me is I am crying out for attention. Please, people pay me as much attention as possible. And when they see karaoke and loudspeakers with a microphone that their voice can come out of, 
the first thing they think is, ah, that's 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 the mecca of all attention getting right there is singing karaoke. Everyone will be forced to listen to me then. So I always have to deal with these motherfuckers when I go. But this guy, by the grace of God, he acted like I didn't exist the whole night. He never looked well, that's at that's good. He never looked at me. Sometimes There's no he, real drama then. Yeah, it's so, just uh this is it's just a uh, clothing uh mishap. Oh well, well that's really mishap, that's only part one. Disaster. Part, clothing disaster. Part two happened <laughs> when a bunch of singers came up to sing a song and one of them was like a biker dude and the biker dude had his beer behind him on the table and one dreadlock guy uh grabbed the biker guy's beer and just chugged it and then oh, set it down. Okay. And then when the song was over, biker guys looking around like, who the fuck drank my beer? And since I didn't like Dreadlock guy, I came <laughs> oh up to biker God. guy and I said, hey, it's Dreadlock over there. And uh, this sounds like something from like a sitcom or something. Yeah, a, a situation seen from Roadhouse where, or some shit. Know, the- <laughs> oh, so man. biker guy gets all up in Dreadlock guy's face. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what they're saying, but I guess. He was able to get Dreadlock guy to buy him a new beer. And then he went and told like his six foot five biker buddy about it. And then they go to the bathroom to uh, do some recreational stuff. And um, as the six foot five biker guy is walking to the bathroom, he just sho- like shoves his shoulder into Dreadlock guy and just yeah. knocks him like basically spins him around and Dreadlock guys he, he only... checked him into the board. Oh, yeah, uh... he, he did. He, he gave him a nice <laughs> shoulder check. And Dreadlock guy was just like, whoa, man, whoa. And just kind of, like, caught himself and just kept playing pool. Now, one thing I will give Dreadlock guy, after all the threats and all that shit, he never left. He sat there and still played pool. Um, wow. And, yeah, and then I saw him last night in Five Points at a bar that I hang out with called Rain Dogs, and uh, he was there, and he was bartering for a glass of red wine from the bartender. So I think he's just a a homeless dude. I don't know what his story is, but um, he he is uh, not... I'm not a fan of his. And then there was this other guy at the bar that night who looked like a dad. He was dressed like a dad. Um, Clean-cut-looking guy. Looked like he should have been at home, like, with his wife and kids. Yeah. But he's like up there at the bar and he's drunk and he's like making all the women feel uncomfortable. Um and he's like wa- he like walked up to this one chick I know and hugged her or something and he's like what song are you going to sing and they starts like feeling like her midsection and she's like hey don't Ooh. touch me and like yeah. kind of pushed him away she's like I don't fucking know that guy. And then he starts antagonizing my friend Dorothy and like approaching her while she's singing and like what a creep. Yeah, he's like he's like walking in, he's like acting like he's going to touch her, then he pulls his hand away and like nobody's digging it. Like nobody's like thinks it's funny. And and finally she just like slams a mic down and like chases after the dude and the guy like runs away from her like a little bitch. And then the bartenders have to step in and and the bartender actually kind of got mad at Dorothy because she's like, he's not touching you, though. And it's like, dude, but he's antagonizing everyone here. Like, if and he this... did touch. Uh, yeah, he did. Gal, yeah, they so didn't. They didn't know about don't that. Don't give though. me the shit that he didn't touch anyone. So anyway, um, the guy leaves 
but he keeps trying to come back in. Like he's not getting the hint that he's not. It's like a game to him. Like, I guess because like they were women, he didn't take it, you know, it seriously. Um, but then, uh, so he goes outside. Apparently Dorothy goes outside like 30 minutes later, Dorothy comes in and she's like, uh, Oh, that guy had an unfortunate. Oh, he, oh no, she says, "Man, his his head made such a satisfying crack against the against the pavement." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> and she's like, uh, uh, "Let's just say he had an unfortunate slip and he fell and hit his head." Wow. So according to her, uh, she made him fall somehow. I guess, uh- uh, don't fuck with Dorothy. Uh, no, I would. I wouldn't. The Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. No, <laughs> that guy was was not in Kansas anymore after he uh, <laughs> cracked his head on the on the sidewalk. Um, I don't think because I saw her size. I know her size. I know his size. But I, I do know that she is kind of a tough motherfucker. I don't think that she did he it. Was that drunk? Yeah, that, that's another thing. Um, I think that she had some of her muscle because, so, you know, biker guys are around. And all. I think she had some of her uh. muscle do it for her. And she, you know, took credit because it's she's the kind of person that like it's very important for her to come across as a badass. Like like yeah. that's important for her rep and her self-esteem. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so uh, the fucking cops came and the ambulance came and the wow. guy for some reason said it was the bartender who pushed him or something. And so they put Mike, the bartender, in the back of the cop car. <laughs> what the hell? And there was, a, but there just was, because the guy said the yeah, bartender did it. But there was enough eyewitnesses there to say that it wasn't Mike, and that's when Dorothy left before the cops could, you know, apprehend her. And Mike what was in released. The hell? And when Mike <laughs> walks, probably being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. Man? And when Mike came back in from from the cop car, I got on the mic and I was like, "Everyone, Mike, well, welcome Mike back on his first day out." You know, and I played some like DMX song or something. First day out of prison, man. Forty five minutes in the back of a cop car. Oh, rest in peace, DMX. By the way, yeah, exactly, Jesus Christ, yeah. it's fucking depressing. It's really tragic. A uh, fucking heroin overdose or something? Or no, it wasn't. Was it heroin? Go crack. I think it was a crack. It gave him a heart attack. It's unfortunate that those two words have to rhyme in this serious situation. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was my uh, drama for this week. Not as tasty as me getting like punched in a jo- in the jaw yeah, and choked no. by a man. Not as with tasty a, as that. Not as tasty as that. But you know, any week that I go bo- go through that I don't get punched in the face, I'm typically thankful. You know, for that, so. Yeah. Anyway, this is a podcast about Unsolved Mysteries. I was able to uncover some fucking hidden gems. So, uh, I I don't want to give up hope on the original Unsolved Mysteries because there are just so many fucking segments that... um, I'm. I've started watching they just them. Fall, they just fall through the cracks. Yeah, they do. They fall through the cracks. It's like I've watched it. I know I've watched it, but for some, you know, laziness or whatever, I just don't write it down in my phone. Hey, just remember that the name of these people, and I'll. I started doing because that lately. If you don't write the name down, you're never going to no remember. Going to figure it out. No, yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm rewatching the old. But you know, sometimes though, you can like you can look up unsolved mysteries case. With guy who works uh, for the military and goes missing, you know. 
But but for a lot of these cases, even I just completely forget until I rewatch it. I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, I remember this was when this and this and this happened. But then I forget yeah. about it. But anyway, um, the two kids. I know the- for a fact Justin Bergwinkel. I think that's one that I considered, but then I completely forgot about it. So that one, that one's on me. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for. Uh, remembering uh and uh watching it and then be like oh that that sounds like a good one speaking of justin bowwinkle um bullwinkle we can uh we can cover him first okay uh, um this is a case of a soldier going awol and never seen again because the mission was canceled damn it um <laughs> that'll make more sense in a second So, Private Justin Bergwinkle, United States Army, had a plan. He set his sights on serving with an elite combat unit known as the Rangers. He scored high on his army tests and immersed himself in language training. His specialty was Korean, but three years after reporting for duty, Justin went AWOL, absent without leave, and then he vanished without a trace. On this week's episode of The Trail Went Cold. Or no, no, that's wrong. He vanished without a trace. Then the trail went cold. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um, or disappeared, like an investigation discovery. Or and then um, he vanished without a trace. Last last podcast on the left. I think there is one called disappeared. Right? Yeah, it's just simply is. called disappeared. And there's another one. I thought there's no one that banished. I wouldn't be surprised. There's one. And then banished, he vanished without a trace. Perhaps it's you. All right, uh, that's a, that's enough of me name dropping other podcasts that are probably more successful <laughs> than by now. I don't know why you were doing that, but okay. Well, I just felt like when I first read it, he vanished without a uh, trace. I felt like, and then the trail went cold. I just felt like that <laughs> would have fit there anyway. Three months after Justin disappeared, his car was found gathering dust in the parking lot of a motel. Uh, his car keys were locked inside, along with his wallet, credit cards, military ID. To this day, no one knows what happened to Justin Bergwinkle. However, the person who was closest to him at the time, his girlfriend, Ayolanda Antunes, had noticed an extreme change in Justin's behavior during the weeks prior to his disappearance. Justin was stationed at Fort Ord in Monterey, California. He met Ayolanda. Now they have it we're done right, which isn't. That's gonna, what I was looking at. So yeah, sorry. That's not going to make sense to anyone who's listening to this now because I made an edit <laughs> where I just butchered her name for like fifteen minutes. Anyway, he met. But I- that gives us that gives us the opportunity to mention uh, why he was involved in this kind of stuff because initially, I don't know why they didn't mention this that he didn't get into the Rangers. Because uh, he was convicted of shoplifting, and then he got sent to the kitchen crew. So that's what led him to become desperate to try to be this language expert or to do something along the lines of being a ranger. Right. Maybe they'll mention it later on. So anyway, he met Ayolanda, a computer science student at Santa Clara University, while he was on a weekend pass. Before long, he was regularly driving the 80 miles from Fort Ord to visit her. Jesus Christ, talk about long-distance relationship. After a while, Ayolanda began to see signs of trouble. Justin seemed to have a secret life. This is how she described Justin's behavior. All of a sudden, he would just stop what he's doing with me in the afternoon, and he would just say, I'm sorry, but I have to go to Monterey and see some people. But I'll be right back. I'll just be saying, just like, what, out of the blue? And then he started getting more vague. 
I can't tell you. It's... I, I really can't. I can't discuss this with you right now. I'm doing something, you know? Kind of secret, and I, I can't reveal it to you. After three years at Fort Ord, Justin was transferred to Fort Lewis in Washington State. More than two months passed before he was able to take a two-week leave and visit Ayalanda. She recalls that Justin's unusual behavior continued. Justin always had a briefcase with him. He'd be very secretive about it. He would never open it in front of me. All right, Pulp Fiction. There was this one time I kind of angled myself just to turn and look over my shoulder to see what he was doing. All, she looked in the mirror. All he's doing with that briefcase is taking pieces of paper, in fact, taking pieces of paper out and shredding them with his hands, just tearing them into tiny, tiny pieces. Whenever Sounds like he's doing some uh, undercover work uh, under the table, uh, removing and getting rid of uh, documents. And uh, the fact that he's tearing them up with his hands uh, is an interesting note. But it also makes sense because you're not leaving behind a, a particular paper trail when it comes to like using a shredder. I don't know why you wouldn't. But, ju wouldn't you just burn but it? But yeah, burn it. Yeah, exactly. That's why what would I you do just with tear all my with your hands. That's what I do I know, with all yeah. my documents. Like, yeah, I don't. You got a point. I keep it in a burn, but like a two burn bucket. Like I accumulate all my old bills and shit yeah. that I don't want in the tr like trash, and then I take it outside, pour some gasoline on yeah. it, and burn that shit. Why would the government need, or or some other organization need, some guy to just tear documents up into tiny pieces? Well, clearly this probably wasn't some government-sanctioned operation. If there was, in fact, an operation, yeah. But why would it be, you know, tearing them up? It's like, weird. Like, I mean, you... it's weird. And I mean, again, you know, yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't a paper shredder su suffice? I mean, they yeah. they have paper shredders out now that aren't like the ones you see in the '80s, where it just shreds it into long slivers. I mean, well, I think this is what. This isn't now, so this is this is from probably around that time, so maybe that's why, because it just shreds it into little slivers, and that's not enough. Did you know that there's, like, a, a area of the government that will do things like find shredded documents and piece every little yeah. bit back together to the formula? Yeah. I did not know that. That is insane. Yeah, I knew about that. There's, like, some guy who that's his fucking job. Can you imagine that? God. <laughs> the amount of fucking drugs that I would have. The amount of, uh, <laughs> what the shit is that stuff called? Adderall? Adderall. The amount of Adderall <laughs> I would have to be on to do that, to be focused enough. Whatever Justin was involved with, it seemed to be veering out of control. One day... Ayalanda found him alone in the living room, sobbing. Mike, can you oh, do us? Can man. you give us a good uh, recreation yes, of this scene? Yes, I can. Uh, the acting in this entire reenactment is uh, grade A. Uh, not necessarily. Un I don't know if it's underacting or overacting. It's just bad acting. So grade A bad acting, and this scene in particular is. Really choice, primo, a prime <laughs> cut of bad acting. So the actor who's playing Justin, he's supposed to act like he's crying, and it's not believable in the slightest. I don't even think they even put anything in his eyes to make it look like he's actually crying. So he's got dry tears, he's uh, crocodile tears, and he's just going... <laughs> And then uh, Iolanda comes in, 
and she asks him what's going on and then in a split second he's like uh uh um uh uh, i'm okay but it's just there was no transition it was not a believable transition at all from crying and sobbing to like being fine it it, it was just completely unbelievable it was just like (laughs) oh okay all right. Um. <laughs> oh no, I'm fine. That's cool. You want to get something to eat? Uh, I'm I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, not. Uh... But yeah, anyway. Not authentic. Um, later, there... the bad acting continues. <laughs> later, there was a strange. Oh yeah, yeah. This later, there was a strange phone call. Ilanda says that she answered only to hear a stranger's voice say, "The mission's off." Uh, oh, now it says low Londa. Okay. So she's low Londa now. Get your shit straight, unsolved.com. You're supposed to be a fucking professional website. So low Londa asked the caller to explain what he meant, and he goes, Just tell him the mission's off, the voice said. According to now it goes back to Ayalanda. Uh, I'm just going by what they say. So now she's back to Ayalanda. According to Ayalanda, when she told Justin about the call, he reacted badly, storming through the apartment, shouting, Damn it! Damn it! When that's, I, that's 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 too good. Like he his was more like, damn it, damn it. Yeah, that's, damn it. Yeah, that's more. That's damn more, it. More accurate. <laughs> when Ilanda asked Justin who was involved, who he was involved with, he simply told her, "You don't want to know." Damn it! He said the mission's <laughs> off. Damn it! At the end of his visit, Justin returned to Fort Lewis. Soon after, he brought he bought two handguns and more than 100 rounds of ammunition. Then he failed to show up at Fort Lewis and was reported as AWOL. But Justin didn't make an effort to hide. He showed up at Ayalanda's apartment. She insisted that Justin call his parents, and they urged him to contact the base. Justin did call the base and said that he would return, but Justin didn't return to Fort Lewis. Instead, he remained at Ayalanda's and resumed his secretive trips to Fort Ord. When Ayalanda pressed Justin for an explanation, he referred her to White Sands, a suspense film about the intrigue-filled world of international arms smuggling. Uh, But Justin wouldn't confide anything more about his activities. He also said the same to his parents. Have you ever seen this movie, Mike? I actually haven't seen it yet. I know it has Mickey Rourke, I think, and um, James Woods. I, I I know James Woods is in it. I might be wrong about Mickey Rourke. So, um, then... It's from the 90s. Then one day, he left Ilanda's apartment and never returned. No one heard anything about Justin for three months. Then his car was found in the parking lot of an isolated beachfront motel near Fort Ord. Justin's name did not appear in the motel register. His handguns were nowhere to be found, but surprisingly, his briefcase, which was seldom let out of his sight, had been stashed in the trunk. Inside was his wallet, and tucked in the wallet was his standard-issue military dog tags. Based on what Justin had once said to her, Ayalanda saw the dog tags as a bad sign. We were driving down one time in his car, and Justin had his dog tags, and he said, Do you know what they're for? I kind of had an idea, but I just said no. What are they for? And he says, Well, when a soldier dies, they put it in his teeth so you can identify him. If you ever see these, you know... That means I'm dead. In ju- is Justin Birdwinkle 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 Bullwinkle <laughs> Bull is Justin Bullwinkle dead? Uh, swallowed up by a shadowy role in a gun running operation, or did he simply run away and cover his disappearance with a twisted fantasy plucked from a Hollywood movie? 
Yeah, some people uh, have theories that he was just going through a mental breakdown or something and just made up a lot of this stuff. But I don't know about that. I, I do think that he might be a little unbalanced from what I've been uh, seeing and, and what's been provided to me in terms of uh, his background and the evidence here. But I actually do think he was doing something uh, on the down low, some kind of underground thing that was not sanctioned by the military. And uh, once the mission was off, uh, he was considered expendable and also was considered somebody who needed to be silenced. And I think they took him out. Now, it could be uh, connected to the military. It could actually be a unsanctioned military operation. Like, you could have people who are part of the military, but they're doing this really shady stuff and he got really deep into it and that's why he was crying because he was figure out he was figuring out the truth of things and how deep down he was in uh this hole and uh he realized at that point that he was screwed i mean you know we have precedents for this even on the show unsolved mysteries the whole danny Casalero case um revolved around this company in tech yeah. that sold this technology to the government that helped profile or, or it, it was a database for um, criminals. And um, the government basically took in tech's uh, property and sold it to con- uh, the Canadian government and um, other places. And they took the money from that and funded, you know, this secret war in South in some South American country. And it yep. was extremely illegal, and the Department of Justice uh, did, did an inquiry into it um, <laughs> because when the owners of Intech found out that the government was secretly selling their technology, that they were not supposed to be doing that, obviously, uh, they they sued and got an attorney that uh, was used to work for Richard Nixon. And, um, you know, then Danny Castellero magically ends up dead in a bathtub with, uh, like, over 12 deep slashes to his wrists. So, yeah, I mean, you know, um, and then also, yeah, the ha- that his dog tags were left behind. All this other stuff was missing. It, it does. It just seems like he was killed uh, by this uh, operation. Maybe it was uh, separate from the military. Maybe it was a part of the military. I'm starting to buy that there actually was some kind of clandestine uh, connection to the military. And that's why they left the dog tags behind for his family. Um, and this case is unsolved. There's there's no new information about this case. They haven't found the body. I doubt that he just went up and left. Yeah, I mean, it just, to me, it doesn't seem consistent with um, his personality. You know, like... If he was if he was acting weird in other ways too, like not just you know this one kind of weird thing where he's like I can't tell you about it, because from all accounts he's you know the the girlfriend seemed like she really enjoyed his company when he wasn't being all secretive you know so it's not like he was showing other signs and other aspects of his life that he was unstable you know so clearly he was involved in something that was troubling yeah. him you know and that, i know a lot of people are saying that he was probably just mentally ill and i, I don't really no, i don't I, I, I don't know i don't think so 
Yeah. You if if that's the case, then you like I said, I feel like you would have seen it. You know, his personality would have would have been different when he wasn't working on the mission. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it, he would have been a dick, or he would have been weird. You know, when when that wasn't being talked about or that wasn't getting brought up. But for all intents and purposes, you know, they had pretty normal times together um, yeah. until he would get these random phone calls. And, and the phone call. The phone call definitely happened. Yeah, that's, she- that's the thing for me. It's the phone call that really does it for me. Like, if there was no phone call, and he's just, you know, tearing up papers and Yeah, you whatever. have a third-party yes. witness to these events. You had the girlfriend who got the phone call. So, yeah. you know, that, that really lends it a lot of credence to I, I, I like uh, the theory by Wackadoodle in the comment section on Unsolved.com. I believe space aliens abducted him. <laughs> this could be the only explanation that makes any sense. They needed a cook on their space journey back to the planet Verticulum in deep space. Maybe because they got tired of eating the same old stuff and wanted to change. <laughs> oh my god. And someone was like, yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. It was mysterious. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, it's a very specific scenario, but yay, you know, stranger things have happened. You know what? This person knows. I mean, they're going to make an ancient aliens movie. They're working on it. I just read that, that Hollywood is seriously, this is not an April Fool's Day joke either, that they are actually working on an ancient aliens screenplay. I was going through my hard, my external hard drive the other day, deleting shit because I needed to free up space, and I found that I still had like all the seasons of Ancient Aliens. Oh my god! And I'm like, why the fuck do I still have this shit? That's a lot of hard hard drive space. Yeah, I was like, let me delete this with the quickness. Like, fuck that. (laughs) Like I said, the first episode of Ancient Aliens was fine, but then pretty much, pretty much every episode after that is 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 batshit insane. Um, bunch of crackpots and their theories. Fucking Kirk Von Daniken and his chariots of the gods, basically inspired that whole show. Yep, for sure. Now uh, I don't have anything else to say about Justin uh, Bergwinkle. Uh, I think that's what his last name is. Uh, except uh, I definitely think he's dead. And his flying squirrel companion Rocky too. <laughs> Boris and Natasha finally yeah, got Yeah, Boris, yep, that's what happened. Boris and <laughs> Natasha did away with him. Now, uh, the next case is the case of John and Linda Sohas. Now, this one has everything. You've got bodies in a backyard. You've got strange uh, postcards sent to family members. You've got government jobs that seem like they're going awry. And you also have cats. So you have that as well. And an evil German that could be a Bond villain. For sure, absolutely. So in May of 1994, while digging a swimming pool in San Marino, California, workmen made a grim discovery. Three plastic bags and a fiberglass box full of dismembered sections of a human skeleton. According to Detective Ronnie Lancaster of the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department, the bones may belong to two former residents. We didn't really know who this person was, and we were later told by uninformed officers from San Marino that in 1985, the people that lived in that house had reported two people missing. It's a good cop voice, Mike. The two missing persons were John Sohos and his wife, Linda, who had once lived in the house with John's mother. 
Their sudden disappearance 10 years earlier had mystified everyone who knew them. Now it appeared that either John or Linda, or both, may have been killed and buried in their own backyard. That's so crazy. And oddly, uh, oddly, or maybe not oddly enough, this is like the third case we've talked about where people end up in their backyard buried. Yeah. And it's been like a long time, too. And someone just comes across it. So, according to their friends, John and Linda felt trapped in living with John's mother and looked forward to escaping to a place of their own. Uh, speaking of John and Linda, they show their wedding photo, and oh my god, uh, <laughs> especially the photo of Linda. You're a little obsessed with that wedding photo, Mike. You posted no, it on the group d- and everything. I, I posted on it on the group because I thought it was a fun uh, East, uh sneak peek if you want to join the group by the way go to facebook and go to the search bar and type in uncovering unexplained mysteries that is uncovering unexplained mysteries and you can join our group and see what we're talking about anyway the wedding picture yeah linda yeah does not look very flattering in it but uh yeah and uh katie brought up a, a, a very interesting point she's like man i would have hate to have lived in a, a time before digital cameras where yeah. you know you're waiting to get your pictures back and like that's what you get because yeah i mean I remember when the first digital camera came out and you could see the picture as soon as you took it. Like, that was yeah. so fucking cool. Because the amount of times I, like, Because took... then you could be like, all right, I'm going to delete that. Yeah, there's been so That's many times that, like, I, I've taken, like, a shit picture on a disposable camera. And I'm like, damn it. You know, I don't want to pay for that. Yeah. But uh, th- it, that that had to be disappointing. Getting those photos back, and then you're like, "Oh, really? Okay. Well, it's expensive, and you know, I don't, I don't, I don't. It, it might have just been a bad angle or something like that." No, I that was, she's in like mid facial expression. I think is the yeah. Problem. It looks like they just caught her by accident. Like it wasn't even like she was ready. It, it was like it was like a DMV photo. You know, it was like, "All right, we're taking the photo. I'm not ready." It's like, yeah, yeah. photos taken. <laughs> Did you know at the DMV, if you if you don't like your picture, you can actually ask them to take another one? Yeah, I know that, but it's it's one of those. Uh, it's not really an urban legend, but it's it's just one of those sayings that a lot of people. One of those things that a lot of people think is true. Uh huh. That like once it's taken, that's it. You're stuck with that bad driver's license photo. I need to get a new a new picture taken because I was like 24. I was almost 10 years ago when I had mine done and I look like a baby and now I have like blue hair and it's long and they'd be like, uh, I don't recognize this. I went in there and I had like my, my driver's like, it's like some chick, like my girlfriend at the time gave me a hickey on my chin and you can kind of see it in the picture. Oh no. It's like fucking, I haven't talked to that chick in like seven years and it's like, I'd like to get a new picture, but I'm not going to put any effort. I I need to uh, renew my, my, uh, ID. I need I need to do that. So true. Anyway, uh, they were not happy with living with John's mother, and they look forward to a place of their own. John held several part-time computer programming jobs. Uh, Sue Bermudez Kaufman, a friend of Linda's, said that Linda was beginning to find success as an artist. Linda was happy with her life, and John approved of everything she had to do and say. And I thought this is great for her because she's never had a supportive man in her life. Now in their late 20s, it appeared the young couple had finally gotten the break they'd been hoping for. According to Sue, Linda and John had been asked to interview for important new jobs. Linda called me and informed me that John 
had a job with the government. And she couldn't release any information to me. All she could tell me is that he's got a job with the government and they want us both. And we have to go to New York. That automatically sounds suspect. Yeah. That's super sus. Very sussy. It's like, ah, I can't say anything. I can't provide you details, but we got a job with the government. And we have to go to New York right now. Linda told Sue that the trip was scheduled to last two weeks, but Linda and John never returned. And the mystery only deepened in the later months. Prior to the trip, Linda had boarded her six cats. I gotta say, I've dealt with that before. Uh, six cats uh, at uh, my dad's place in Oklahoma City. Um, it, it turned into 12 because one of them had kittens. And that was a nightmare. Six cats is too much already. I gotta be honest. Like, two is pushing it. Six? Fuck. Uh. Come on. Like if you have if you have a farm, that makes sense. They're indoor outdoor cats. That works. But six cats in one house in an apartment, that's uh, that's that's too many I cats. I might have to put myself out of my misery if that were to happen cuz I am so allergic to cats. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would just be in constant Can you imagine 12 cats? Oh, I'd be in constant hell. God. I'd be And awful. one litter box? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I understand about cats. I know I keep going off on side notes here, but good lord, like, why can't cats shit outside like dogs? Why do we have to keep their turds inside? Well, it depends. Some of them can go outside. Some of them do go outside. Uh, but a lot of them prefer to, to go in litter boxes. Um, and also, even if you have one cat, like, one litter box isn't enough, apparently. Like, with my cat, you gotta have, like, tons of litter boxes because he's such a picky... Shitter. Kitty. Such a picky uh, peer, chitter, you know. He used to pee a lot more in places he's not supposed to because I didn't have a big litter box for him that's open because he's really particular. You know what's gross? Uh, I've lived... I lived with a, a, a lady who uh, had, kept her litter box in the bathroom and yeah. um, that's a stupid idea because whenever you would shower, the steam, the hot steam would like seep into the dried turds and would reconstitute well, them and well, make them I mean, wet it, again and they'd start yeah. stinking again. Well, if you clean, well, it depends also what litter you're using and you can clean and, and if you keep up on cleaning it, because I have the box, there are two boxes in there. In, in, a, in the guest bathroom. And I, think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to make Stephanie start using a litter box. <laughs> okay. I'm tired of her using my... Stinking up my toilet. Uh, so, uh, she boarded her six cats at a local kennel and paid in advance for the two-week stay. But at the end of the eight weeks, she still had not claimed her pets. The kennel owner tracked down Linda's sister, Kathy, who said it was uncharacteristic for her sister to do such a thing. I immediately thought that something was wrong. If they were not going to return, they would have taken their pets with them. I feel very strongly that Linda would not have left her animals behind. And that makes sense. It, for someone who's like a, a really big cat person, and these are in a lot of ways like their own children, there's no way that they would leave them behind. Right. So, Kathy telephoned uh, John's mother, Dee Dee Sohos, hoping that she had an explanation, and in several phone calls, Dee Dee kept insisting to Kathy that John and Linda were on some sort of secret mission. It did appear to me as though she had been drinking. Sometimes it depended on what time of day 
you called as to how wild the story became. Linda's family then filed a missing person report and the San Marino police started an investigation. Their first stop, Dee Dee Solis's home. Dee Dee told the police the same story, that John and Linda were on a secret mission and that she got this information from someone she called her source. Dee Dee refused to identify the first... Uh, Dee Dee refused to identify the person. With no evidence of foul play, the police were powerless to investigate further. Finally, a full three months after the Sohoses had left for New York, Linda's friend Sue received a picture postcard from France that she said aroused her suspicions. I have no clue as to how going to New York could ever wind up being France. And I read the back of it, and I was like, I can't wait. She's finally going to tell me where she is, what's going on. And all it said was, Dear Sue, kind of miss New York. Oops. But this can be lived with. John and Linda. Nothing about I'll call you later, can't talk now, nothing. It just didn't sound like her. Yeah, it doesn't sound like her at all. It sounds like the kind of thing that somebody would make up. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it seems... Or it's a code. Oh, yeah, like the QAnon followers who, uh, anytime <laughs> anytime Donald Trump would fuck up the grammar or, or leave a period out of one of his tweets, they, they, they took that as him sending them a secret signal. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Maybe. But... This is this is definitely pretty uh, suspicious to me as well, because the nature of these postcards, it, there's not a lot of detail and it, it it's not very um, comforting to the people who they know and uh, John and Linda know care about them. So it's one of those things where it does seem like uh, some kind of fake cover-up kind of thing. What'd you think about the mom, her acting? I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty golden. Yeah, I did too. I thought uh, thought she did a great job. Uh, She definitely uh, was one of the better, older actresses that they've had on the show. Um, So three months after refusing to uh, help the police, Didi Sohus had a change of heart. She too filed a missing persons report on John and Linda, Dee Dee finally revealed that her source was actually the tenant in her guest house, a man who called himself Christopher uh, Chichester. He'd lived there for the past two years, but suddenly moved out, leaving no forwarding address. Dee Dee also reported that her son's pickup truck was now missing, uh, though she had no idea when it disappeared. There was still no proof, however, that a crime had been committed, and therefore the investigation stalled again. Now, Dee Dee also got, she also got a postcard. That was another kind of weird one that was very cryptic. See, that's the thing. These postcards are very cryptic. And that's the kind of thing that makes me think that it's one of those things where they're trying to make it sound like, oh, they are actually in France or they're in New York, but they're not really. The case uh, apparently sprang to life nine months after Dee Dee died because uh, after she filed her missing persons report, she sold her house and then moved to a trailer park. She then died two days later. Um, before that, she also mentioned about the pickup truck. And uh, so she passed away. And then the truck actually turned up 3,000 miles away in Gren- uh, Green- Greenwich, uh, Connecticut. 
a man calling himself Christopher Crow. Yeah, really clever there, dude. Like trying to be the director. Okay. I tried to sell the pickup of the son of a local minister without the title papers. Rather than buy the truck, the minister's son reported it to the police. Sergeant Daniel Allen of Greenwich, Connecticut Police Department did some digging. The Reverend's son decided not to purchase the vehicle based on the fact that there was an outstanding lien on the truck. My continued investigation into attempting to locate Mr. Chichester eventually uh, ended in me discovering that Mr. Chichester and Mr. Crow were the same individuals. Ooh. The photo that they show of Christian, it looks like he's caught in mid crime. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. His like mouth is agape, and his eyes are looking over, like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's definitely one of those. It looks like he was caught uh, doing something. Christian Gerhard Streiter. So apparently, uh, he's a chameleon, or he's up to no good because he's um, multiple different people. Be it Crow or Chichester, an ex-tenant seemed to be the one person who might be able to shed light on the Sohus's disappearance. But he then vanished. The investigation had stalled until the dismembered skeleton was discovered five years later. At that time, a forensic anthropologist examined the remains and determined that they fit the physical descriptions of John Sohus. A lack of dental records, however, prevented conclusive identification. Detective Ronnie Lancaster said he was mystified about how the bones might have been buried in the Sohus's backyard. Nothing about the bones themselves said there, there was murder. There were no bullet holes. But the fact that the bones were buried in three separate plastic bags and the head in a separate bag makes one think that there was murder involved. Detectives hoped to learn more using a chemical called luminol. Which apparently is incredibly toxic. Yeah, like, that's not mentioned. I didn't know in that. Any of these other shows that talk about luminol, they then sprayed it with luminol. But apparently, it's like really toxic. Yeah, like you, like there, you have to wear like a like a safety like a hazmat suit when you're like you know dispensing it. I didn't know that. I thought I thought it was fairly you know safe ish. Yeah, apparently not. So, it emits a distinctive glow when it comes in contact with blood. Luminol was applied to the cement floors in the guest house on the former Soho's property. Within moments, it would become apparent if there was evidence of murder. There was. The telltale glow was unmistakable. Detective Robert Carr of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department administered the test. Although Luminol could detect chemicals and other compounds, this was not just a trace element situation. There was a copious amount of something put on that floor. In our opinion, that was blood. Banana, but blood? Was John Sohus murdered in the guest house and then buried in the backyard? If so, what happened to Linda? Officially, both John and Linda Sohos are still missing. And there actually is an update to this case, though. Uh, even though it says it's unresolved, but... Uh, the. the there's more of a there's definitely a, a juicy update here. So in 2008, Christian Carl Gerthard Steyer was uh, finally located and arrested. At the time, he was using the alias Clark Rockefeller. He was arrested after he abducted his seven-year-old daughter during a custody visit. 
Over the years, he had conned friends and even his ex-wife into believing that he was a part of the wealthy Rockefeller family. Fingerprints confirmed his true identity. Investigators reopened the Soho's case after his parental kidnapping trial concluded. He was sentenced to four to five years in state prison on the kidnapping charge and additional time for an assault charge. He refused to cooperate with the police in their investigation of the Soho's case. In March of 2011, he was charged with John's murder. Investigators finally located John's birth family. DNA testing from his family members confirmed that the remains found in the backyard of the house belonged to him. At the trial, along with the luminol evidence, prosecutors had several witnesses testified against Gert Hart Strider. Multiple neighbors remembered seeing strange colored smoke coming from his chimney around the time of the murders. He had also asked friends about places that he could dispose of drums filled with chemicals. Uh, John's remains were found in a metal drum. And around the time of the murder, he borrowed a chainsaw from a neighbor and tried to sell a bloodstained rug to a friend. That's not suspicious at no, all. No, 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 that's, 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 you know, that's pretty typical. You mentioned that shit, have a, you have a yard sale and everything's just covered in blood. <laughs> shit, I mean, if you did that in, like, Riverside, you could, where, you know, the artsy part of town where I live, you could get away with it and you'd be like, oh, it's just like an art installation. So also around that same time, a friend noticed that the ground near the guest house had been dug up. He claimed that he was having plumbing problems, so over the same area where John's body would later be found. Finally, two bags found with John's remains came from two universities that Gert Hartstrider had attended. On April 10th of 2013, Gert Hartstrider was convicted by the Los Angeles jury of first-degree murder and for that of John. He was sentenced to 27 years to life. Sadly, Linda has never been found. However, police believe that she was dead and probably killed by Gerhard Strider around the same time as John. But I don't know about that. Because there is a interesting extra bit with this case that for some reason wasn't mentioned on Unsolved.com. Uh, where the kennel where the cats were being kept, some lady showed up. I think it was... Uh, months after the two disappeared and said that uh, she knew uh, the 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 uh, Sohoses or had some sort of connection to them and just took the cats. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the only other alternative was they would have to, like, euthanize all the cats. And so they're like, okay, yeah. we'll, t- you know, we'll take your money and let you, you know, get rid of the cat or take the cats with you or whatever. Yeah. But what do you think? Do you think that was Linda? Um, I mean, who else, you know, who else could it be? Could be some cat lady who found out that she went missing and was like, I wonder if she uh-uh. has cats in the in the uh kennel or what or whatever you call it, boarding boarding house, I don't know. What do you mean you wonder if she has cats? No, like you're saying if it was a cat lady uh, like uh, yeah. who heard about the case and was like, "Oh, I wonder if she's boarding her cat somewhere, and I can go steal them." Yeah, some people might be like that. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's but, that might uh, be how you are. Not at all. I didn't steal Olympus. I paid for Olympus. Oh, Olympus! Everyone say hey to Olympus. So, um, I don't really have much else to say about this case except it was a it was a good case. It was. Um. A hidden fucking gem if I ever were to see yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, there's a lot of intrigue here. I'm still wondering what that mission, what what was going on with the New York thing. Like, what the hell was that about? I don't know, but uh, if if we've learned anything from from either of these cases, it's uh, don't trust secret uh, missions or uh, secret operations. They usually don't end up. Don't trust guys that look like Bond villains either. Yeah, <laughs> who are German? <laughs> My name is Gerhard Streisenberger. You can trust me. No, you should trust Germans. They're fine. I love Germans. I want to go to Germany. I speak a good bit yeah. of German, actually. But, yeah, this guy, uh, (laughs) it's just one of those things where, just from his appearance alone, you expect him to be having Bond tied up to a giant laser. And, and like, what do you expect me to do? Uh, No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. (laughs) Just like John and Ninda Soho's. <laughs> All right, moving on to a final segment of the podcast this is the perks of being a Josh Flower. This is where I read my diaries from a, being a teenager uh, that I that I discovered on my computer a couple months ago. And um, disclaimer: anything I say in here is going to be how I talked back then. So I use the word "gay" to describe things copiously. All right, leaving off Thursday, July 27th, 2006. All I can think about lately is having sex with Nikki again, and I think she's got another guy already. She's fucking moved on, and I'm still right here. This sucks, and school starts in a week. I fucking hate school, and I've just been working (laughs) too much, and I miss Nikki a lot, but I'm trying... We're back to vintage uh, Josh right here. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vintage uh, 2005, 2000. Yeah. 2005 Josh comeback. And I miss Nikki a lot, but I'm trying this time to be done with her. Although I'm going over to Chris's house today. I hope nothing happens with her. I hope she's not there. I would love to have sex with her like one more time. Although it's never just one more time. Dude, sex is really like a drug and I'm going through serious withdrawals. I just got to make it over this three day hump and I'll be fine. God, I hate school. Okay, I guess I'm done here. I need a new woman badly. (laughs) (laughs) The Josh has major blue balls right now. Shit. I got a taste of blood in the water, man. What can I say? Um, All right. Next, we are at uh, August, uh, Friday, August 11th, 2006. Hey, Zanga. Well, I guess I'll update. Um... A lot has happened lately. I guess I'll try to document it as well as possible. Well, school has started once again, and I'm getting back into the sleep schedule and fighting the demons in my head still. It's Friday, and I just got off of work. Yay! School in the day and work at night. That's how I roll. But I feel okay, though. Me and Nikki haven't talked in a while, and I'm perfectly fine with that. So, probably hearing an edit right now, um, I basically said something pretty horrific that i don't even want to repeat on here so we're just we're gonna move past that basically what i'm i'm trying to say is i i really didn't miss nikki anymore at that time and if something bad had happened to her i would not have cared and uh i mean that so thoroughly however i still feel like i have the capacity to love i want a girlfriend casey asked me the other day what if we went back out you know that was something i thought about a lot until one day i brought it up and she was like, well, I don't know. I kind of like my parents to know the guy I'm dating, so I don't really see that happening, which crushed my hopes, basically. But then she said this, but I'm going to see what happens when she starts driving. 
If she makes an effort to see me, then I'll think, okay, this could work out. But if it's just like always, and she just kind of blows me off, then I'll know it's never going to happen. I understand someone is busy, but you make time for things that are important to you. I, for one, am busy as fuck lately, and I still have time for music, and I call Casey like every day. God, I was still fucking calling her? Damn. Jesus. She never answers, but whatever. Let it go. <laughs> I, I even got to say she never answers, but whatever. Uh, I mean, I really like her personality and just talking to her. I'm so tired of people telling me, yeah, dude, but you're not talking to her at all. You're just, <laughs> well, I guess I meant the two times she would answer uh, the phone for like five seconds. Yeah. I'm so tired of people telling me, dude, she was so hot. Why did you let her go? Whatever. But on another note, fatal future judgment day, whatever you want to call it is done, son. The other day, yesterday, I went over to Chris's house and went over the songs, and then we went over the new song, which I soon found out he hadn't been practicing because it sounded like crap. And some other shit happened, and he said, I'm not going to practice something that sounds gay. Could someone tell me what that even means? Okay, dickhead, you don't play a song just so the guitar can be the only instrument, and it's, ju- it's just a- all about whatever he wants to do. It's about, it's not about what he wants to do. It's about the whole band and how everyone as a whole forms the song. So yeah, that may not sound very exciting, but when added with the bass and drums, it kicks ass. Uh, So basically I'm talking about like our writing process. Like I think I was having him play like a basic guitar part. And then when I put my bass to it and I put drums behind it, it becomes, you know, the sum becomes greater than its parts. And Chris, I think back in the day was just like, no, I just want to write these like, you know, crazy busy guitar hooks that go all over the place. Um, so anyway, um, I have that vision and he's just a stupid mallcore wannabe metalhead who is never going to go anywhere because he isn't willing to practice anything. All he was mallcore. Mallcore was like those kids who shopped like they bought all their clothes at Hot Topic. They like dressed oh, in black and would okay. wear like Marilyn Manson right. shirts and hung out at the mall. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was not familiar with that term Yeah, at all, it's so. not really used much anymore, but it used to be used a lot back then. All he wants to do is play songs he thinks sounds cool and shittily at that. He is a bad musician, and I made that band, hands down, so fuck him. I need a legit band anyway, and I am looking. So I guess... Yeah, sure, you made that. I love that. It's like, I made that I mean, band. I, that band was so crappy that any, yeah. anybody claiming to have made that band, that's like saying <laughs> you took a dump. You know, it's like you really didn't accomplish much, you know. Yeah. So I guess that's all that needs to be said right now. I saved up to $600. I think I'm going to spend it on a stereo system for my truck, which I did end up doing that. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so this is saying September 9th, 2006. Uh, I guess I'll read that then. I guess I'm going to update. My birthday went well, I guess. We went to Dave and Buster's. Brian, Stephen, Chris, Paige, my brother, and his friends went. Only one of my actual friends went to my birthday. I don't care. It was sort of fun. But not inviting people to your party leaves you broke because when I went to Josh's birthday a few days ago, he invited a lot of people and he got a shitload of money. It pisses me off. But yeah, I don't know lately. I've just been feeling so bored with life. Like, man, I really wish I had a new place I could go or something. I've been sick lately, too. But I went to Trinity's football game last night, and it was pretty stupid. Holy crap. In, like, the first time ever, like, forever, I fit into size 38 pants. 
This is definitely a milestone in my weight loss goals, seeing as even a few months ago I was wearing size 40 so you pants. Went, so you went from football game, it was stupid, <laughs> and then size 30, what is, what are those two even connect? Uh, don't they don't, but that's how my mind worked back then, apparently. Uh, <laughs> even I, a break in the paragraph? Nope, not. just tangents. Just wild <laughs> tangents. Uh, a few months ago I was wearing a size 40 pants, which is a few sizes more. I would have get I uh, I would have had to have gone to a specialty fat store if I had had to get in, you know bigger Big than tall. bigger than size forty, and me saying yep I don't know what that means but yeah anyway I have been having dreams about Casey again man that girl left an impression in my mind or something God with the Casey even I'm getting bored with it um, the first dream was me in her house and me trying and trying to get approval and acceptance from her mother, but no matter how hard I tried, she hated me, and I was never allowed to see her again. And then last night's dream was me at someone's house, and her brother was there, and I was trying to get close to her, but she didn't want to, so she'd just walk away from me. But I don't know, man. I talked to Nikki the other night. She says she's going to stop drinking and smoking pot, but I say bullshit because I know her, and I know she's lying to herself when she says she's going to stop. She can't stop. She doesn't know how to stop, and all her stupid little self-destructive party buddies are all moving away, so she's left with almost no one, so she's been coming back to me. Psh, bitch. I've got real friends. I don't need your ass. And she was hinting at wanting to get back with me. She was all like, yeah, I'm not doing any of that party stuff anymore. And I said, yeah, well, your next boyfriend should be a good one, Yen. Or, well, yeah, your next boyfriend should be a good one then, so booyah. Because she expected me to say, well, we should start talking and maybe go back out. But nope, I'm done with her. Um, I didn't smoke at all yesterday because I've been so sick. On another note, I really want to get into a fucking band or start a solo project. Damn it. And I've got to work today, so I'm depressed about that. But I do need to start racking up some hours or my paycheck is going to look like a sh- is going to look shitty. But yeah, I really want a girl too, but I don't get out enough to diversify my taste, so I just pick up the pieces of what's around me and pursue so something. Just get that's... used to your paycheck looking shitty if you're gonna, you know, work part time. Trust me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, although but... my last one was pretty good because I had a thirty hour week. All right, that's the end of the podcast, man. I got a lot of editing to do for this one. Um, trust <laughs> me, folks, you don't want any of this. Well, you probably do, because uh, those are the juicy bits, right? The uh, unedited, but I'm sorry. I, I, I got to hold on to some shred of my reputation here. Um, so, uh, yeah, oh, let's uh, let's just say you don't want to be smelling what The Rock is cooking right now. Um, if you want to donate to us on Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. That is YouTube or Patreon.com slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. And uh, you'll get the podcast early and you can recommend cases for us to cover. Like last week, that was all from Patreon. And uh, if you want to follow me and Mike separately, but entertainingly equally, you can do so by going to our YouTube channels. Mike's YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash OCP Communications. Once again, that is youtube.com slash OCP Communications. He is a movie buff. He's a buff bufferton of movies. And uh, he does videos about such. What was the last video you did? Last video I did is just a random mix of me talking about different movie news, different trailers, and different uh, things. I like to call it talking cinema. 
And then I also reviewed Godzilla vs. Kong. I heard uh, uh, pro- po- uh, generally positive reviews on that one. Yeah, I liked it. I-, I thought it was a fun movie. It's not great, but it was fun. It was a fun watch. It's rare that you get um, such a universally acclaimed movie like that nowadays, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've been watching the Rambo films recently, so those will probably be the next reviews coming up. Um, In my journey on my Marvel Cinematic Universe, I am currently on uh, Captain America. So no, you said you already watched that Captain one. America Civil War. Oh, okay, you were on Civil War. I thought you were like First Avenger. It's like you've already, so I've you seen, already saw that. So I've seen First Avenger, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, Thor, Avengers, Iron Man 3, Thor Dark World. What's your favorite? My so favorite far. so far, because uh, I saw Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man. Um, my favorite so far... Have you been watching them streaming? Yeah. Do you have Disney Plus or something? Yeah, uh, my, I, I'm using my friend's account at Disney Plus. I was downloading okay. them at first, and then it's like, hey, if I can just stream it, then I'd just rather do it that way. Yeah. I would say... Um... Probably the Avengers. Uh, the first one? Uh, probably Age of Ultron so far, because I... Yeah, I, 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 hey, I'm glad that you like that. That one is pretty underrated, if you ask me. A lot of fans, a lot of people say it's bad, it's crap, it's it's uh, one of the worst films of the MCU, and it's actually one of my favorites. Wow. I, I had a lot of fun seeing the theater, and the action is really top-notch in it. And I really like Ultron. I think he's one of the strongest villains. James Spader is just a badass. Mike, my whole thing is, like, the whole reason I want to see the Marvel MCU is because, like, I want to see all of these heroes together. So when they're... The movies when when they're actually, like, together is is what I'm going to like the most. But I do like... Like, Ant-Man was pretty good. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy? I, I didn't care for those movies, really. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I don't know, man. I'm not really that into sci-fi, to be honest. Maybe that's it. Yeah, they're too they're too based in outer space and sci-fi and shit for me. Like, even if a movie isn't, it, like, sci-fi and in outer space, if it's got kind of, like, a more of a human angle, like Star Wars, like, it, I, I can I can dig it. But or it, Star Trek? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm all right with Star Trek. I haven't really delved into those movies or the shows or anything i did i did watch a few next generations that were pretty good um but yeah uh i liked captain marvel pretty good i'd say my least favorite you liked captain marvel man wow yeah uh, i liked uh, I, I i thought it was pretty good uh, probably my least favorite uh, uh marvel movies so far have been the thor movies i really don't care about the the character of thor in general i like the first thor quite a bit but the second one is, is one of the worst I think, mcu films yeah i think the second one was was it, it was so bad it killed it made me not it made me like retroactively dislike the first one too by association yeah because yeah the yeah, first it, one actually now that i think about it, was pretty good because he goes to earth and all that and yeah uh but yeah the second one was just it's just and they're so fucking long and and like thor the dark world was uh it seemed like it was a rushed movie it just seemed like there wasn't as much thought put into it um I, I i did not like captain marvel i thought it was terrible i didn't care for it at all um i felt like there was too much forced politics 
Um, I'm, I'm really getting sick and tired of those scenes where they have to try to put the female character on this artificial pedestal yeah. above everybody else. Yeah, there, there, there definitely did feel like there was a bit of... Um, there's a word for it. I forgot what the word is. Uh, uh, was it uh, Mary Sue or whatever? Yeah, is that yeah what there's is? some of that, yeah. Some of that going on for sure as well. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's cool. I still haven't seen Endgame and and uh, Infinity War. The last Marvel film I saw was uh, Captain Marvel. I'm fucking excited to uh, get through Civil War because then I can finally watch Spider Man. Like I can finally yeah. get to a series that I'm familiar with. Because like I'm familiar with X Men, I'm familiar with Spider Man. I didn't know yeah. I didn't know Dick I, about. I'm, I will I will be curious to see your thoughts on the new Spider Man films. Uh, as a longtime fan of the character, and yeah, Tobey Maguire was the, the last Spider Man that I know of. And reading of the comics, uh, yeah, this. Uh, mm. <laughs> Um, Tom Holland, uh, I, I think it's Tom Holland. He's good. And, uh, I also feel that, um, the, uh, performances by some of the other actors in Homecoming, uh, Michael Keaton in particular as, as Vulture is definitely a bright spot. Sweet. I'm excited to see Vulture. I, I'm, I was annoyed how they didn't use, utilize as many villains as they could have in the, in Spider, in the Spider-Man movies. There's nothing compared to the 70s Spider-Man live-action show where they didn't use any of the villains, so. <laughs> then, then you got fucking Batman Suicide Squad doing all these B and C-list bad guys that no one's ever even fucking heard of. Overusing characters that no one knows about. It almost, almost looks like the movie Kick-Ass or something. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, if you want to check out my YouTube channel, I cover all things music. Uh, you know, I do reviews and uh, I release my band's music through there, and that is YouTube.com. I cannot stop farting. <laughs> I cannot stop. Oh my! These God. long strings of stench coming out of my anus. Oh, oh, it's so sulfuric. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, what are these vitamins doing to me? They're turning you into a sulfur factory. They are, dude. A, a methane and sulfur factory. Uh, you need to stop harvesting sulfur. And uh... all right. Anyway, uh, yeah. If you want to check out my channel, it is YouTube.com/slash Dancing with Ghosts. That is YouTube.com/slash Dancing with Ghosts. For all things music, the last video I did is still our music video for our news track, Dirty Oxygen. Um, I'm ver I'm really proud of the video. I think it looks like our most polished. It sounds like Dirty Oxygen is probably what you're dealing with right I'm now. I'm dealing with a lot of Dirty Oxygen <laughs> around me currently for reasons that you may or may not know of depending on how I edit this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's it. Um, have a good rest of your week and... Uh, I will talk to you guys next week. So uh, go fuck yourselves. No, I'm just joking. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Sweet dreams. Kiss on the lips. Mwah. See ya.
Vegas, yawn out of the way, man. Okay. Alright, I'm warmed up now. Alright, it start it started out with uh, Arnold and then it turned into Krusty and then I don't know what the fuck you were doing after that. <laughs> Alright. After three years at Fort Ord, Justin was transferred to Fort Lewis in we Washington. We already said that. Fuck my ass with a red balloon. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, and the pieces. With a red balloon. Jesus. <laughs> How? I don't How know, do Mike. Find a way so- and make it happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just having the image of just fuck my ass with a red balloon. Squeaky, and just squeaky, those- squeaky, 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 squeaky. <laughs> Man, what happens if it pops in there? <laughs> That's your job yeah. to figure out. <laughs> I just told you that what my request was. All right. <laughs> Takes 42.